Kerala is on the brink of a regional depression. Why should we set limits on Kifri's borrowing if the market is willing to lend? Finance minister's job is not an accountant's job. Yeah. I would say it is fiscal fundamentalism by which actually we might be sacrificing growth at the altar of fiscal prudence. How can you implement it, impose it retrospectively? We all have heard in various Malayalam TV debates about Kerala being overly <laughs> indebted, four lakh crores. Every child being born in Kerala has got so much of debt, as if it is, you know, walking around by bearing this burden on its head. Now there is a whole lot of this trouble about the masala bond here. I really regret that went for masala bond. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to On Manorama's pre-budget discussion. I'm Harita Benjamin and I'm here with our former finance minister, Dr. Thomas Isaac and S. Adigeshwin, one of the top influential economic analysts in Kerala. So today we are here to discuss about the Kerala Infrastructure Investment Fund Board or the KIFB, one of the quintessential left alternatives. One, because uh, it is outside the budget and it frees a lot of scarce budgetary resources for welfare projects. And secondly, because it allows Kerala, which was always prone to underinvesting uh, for public infrastructure development. For my first question, I begin with Dr. Thomas Isaac, who has fathered the project uh, with much expectation. Uh, so, so we know that with the center's intervention, uh, you know, what the state government has estimated is no longer possible because the borrowings are being included uh, as the state's debt. So is the original project uh, which you envisaged still possible? Or do you think that there should be a plan B so that we can move forward? I'm still sticking with the old plan. Right. Because 2024 is a very important year. I will look forward to see if there will be a political change where Kerala can bargain better. The challenge before Kerala today is how to overcome the infrastructure deficit. If you take the last three decades, beyond before, Kerala's capital expenditure, the budgetary capital expenditure, is uh, just around a half of national average of all states. And therefore, over the, last, over the period, we have become very backward in key infrastructure. So this has to be overcome. How do you do it? Now, one approach is Okay, spend more from the budget, increase your budget fee outplay, and over time outcome. That's an approach. In the sense, if you look at uh, the whole state's average and Kerala average capital expenditure, in the last um, five, six, seven years, it has been narrowing. But to adopt this strategy or to overcome so many decades' backwardness, will be foolhardy. It will take at least 23 years. By then, we would have lost the opportunity. The world is moving. The investments that is taking place in India, you can't attract. Because infrastructure is a basic. So that's ruled out. Second would be to have private capital to come in and do it for you. The problem with that is that it is social capital expenditure, like schools, colleges, or hospitals, that are remunerative, you see. Therefore, you need to have something else. So the option that we have been exercising traditionally has been we have 
an annuity program. When a project is tendered, it's made clear that money will be given only after 25 years or over 25 year period or 15 year period. The contractor will have to borrow and invest, but he will have to calculate the interest, implied interest, and add it to his testament. This was what we were doing in the Glass government, UDF government, or before that in the LDF government also. But I did a calculation about the implicit interest rate. It comes to a phenomenal atrocious here, 12% to 20%. That's because there are only few contractors who can borrow, capability of borrowing hundreds of homes. Therefore, competition is very limited. And therefore, somebody who can say, end of September, he can go to very high. Therefore, KIFBI was as an institutional mechanism which would borrow and pay the contractor for specified project. And an annuity will be paid to KIFBI. It's a modified version of the annuity program. Annuities are never considered part of government's borrowing. So far, it never has been. And therefore, nobody thought this would be called government borrowing, so institution borrowing. But now, Indian government has determined that's part of uh, borrowing of the state government. While India government merely goes on borrowing of what the, they don't consider part of the fiscal deficit. If the offered borrowing of the fiscal deficit, if the central government is added to the fiscal deficit, this year it is 5.9%, not 3%, 5.9%. It will go over the book, hit the ceiling. Yeah. Therefore, they don't add it. So, here is central government. They never complied with it. Then this year is 5.9. Suddenly they say Kerala has overshot 3%. And therefore, you know, they say we have changed the rule. All right, change the rule. How can you uh, implement it, impose it retrospectively, saying whatever Kifui has borrowed from the beginning, now it will work. So this is malicious, very malevolent intention. So therefore, there's a problem. Therefore, before I look for any plan B, when will pay for the election 2024, whether it will take, bring some good news for Kerala future. All right. So moving on to Adi uh, So what do you think about uh, the KIFB as of now? I think uh, you've always been optimistic about the model. And in 2020, in your Business Line article, you mentioned that, you know, it's a great project and shows a lot of prospects. So looking back, do you think that, you know, the KIFP model has been up to the mark? And uh, uh, do you do you have any alternatives to suggest or any uh, variations within the existing model? Uh, fundamentally, Harita, the question is, uh, fiscal deficit is a constraint as expounded by those who say it should be 3%. And as Dr. Isaac mentioned, the union government has got 5.9%. And not merely Kerala. If you take the combined fiscal deficit of all the states in India, as per the latest estimates of the Reserve Bank of India, a study of state finances, the states together have managed to contain their overall deficits within what is stipulated. And the union government is... What's the rate now? Uh, below 3%. 22-23, <laughs> the figures. It is 3%. Now, some states have higher fiscal deficit, some other states will have lower. But what I am trying to bring to attention at the macro level is that the states have managed to operate within the fiscal deficit norm, whereas the union government has 
gone ahead and projected 5.9%. I have a problem with this approach itself because this, I would say, is fiscal fundamentalism by which actually we might be sacrificing growth at the altar of fiscal prudence. And I support it. And I still support an initiative like KIFB because had it not been for KIFB, I don't think investments in the infrastructure sector is just taking place over the last uh, few years, right from 2016 up to 2022-23, would never have taken place in Kerala. Now, KIFB also has been able to borrow from the banking system. And I was surprised that even after the controversy about KIFB, there are private commercial banks which have come forward to lend to KIFB. Now, as I understand, the level of borrowings of KIFB, which was around 14,000 crore in 2022 March, has gone up to 17,500, 18,000 crores in 2023. So what does it indicate? The market is ready to lend. And further to build upon the other aspect about fiscal fundamentalism, I shall tell you two figures, which I hope our listeners or readers will also, sorry, viewers will understand. In 2014, Harita, mind you, the total of the borrowings of all state governments and union territories in India was 25 lakh crore. Yeah. At that time, the repo rate was 8%. Repo rate was 8%, 25 lakh crore. 2022-23 revised estimate, the total of this borrowing of all state governments is 75 lakh crore. 24 budget estimates is 84 lakh crore. Repo rate is 6.5%. Yeah. What was our concern regarding fiscal prudence? That increased borrowing by the governments will put pressure on interest rates, will crowd out private investments. That is not evidenced by the data which we have. So therefore, I believe that not only for Kerala, or states which want to promote infrastructure, which undoubtedly is a growth driver, 2.5 is estimated to be the multiplier effect of infra vis-a-vis -vis other expenditure. Therefore, I would support this kind of initiative. Now, coming to what can we do now that there is a limit being imposed or a limit which is um, being enforced, I think there are two or three alternatives. One is Kerala, we have not experimented with increase borrowings by municipal corporations. And these entities can raise funds for infra, you know, infra investment. And even if the execution agency is KIPB, the repayment can come out of the funds being raised by these entities so that it is seen as off budget. I am thinking of a structuring of the repayment. The concern is because the repayment for KIPB is coming from budget. Now, if the you know repayment is going to come from local borrowings, that might be one way. The second, of course, I don't know whether I'm taking time. Second is to have a cess similar to the calamity cess which we had and which the GST Council also approved. Can we not try for an infra cess <coughs> on intrastate, not interstate, intrastate GST, where the, the people of the state will levy whatever they pay, we will uh, you know use it for infrastructure uh, uh, borrowing repayment. And uh, the third would be to cut down on government you know, expenses, uh, better targeting. That is 62 lakh people are eligible for social welfare pension. Now, as per the uh, multi-dimensional poverty index of Nidhi Ayo, Kerala is the state with the least poverty level. 
If 3.5 crore is the population, how can we have 62 lakh people eligible? Obviously, I feel there is leakage. There are ineligible people, so there is need for better targeting and also increasing the revenue-generating infrastructure projects to the extent possible. Um, I fully agree with what you're saying, except for the portion on the welfare pensions. Um, you know, the, those this uh, number 62 lakh welfare pensions includes one disability pensions uh, and uh, and also widow pensions if we below the 60 and also about 10-15 lakh persons get a double pension when they increase the pension this level at that time we had inherited double pension I mean if you are taking welfare board pension well you could also claim old age pension that was top but then we cannot uh, curve uh, one benefit they are already getting. So we said the second pension will be put a ceiling, 600. The, at that time, the pension was 600. So they will also come into the doubling. But I fully agree with you. We have to look at very carefully the expenditure and see how a social consensus can be arranged, arranged for cutting expenditure. But the most important point that he drew attention was this basic asymmetry, unacceptable asymmetry between center and state in the fiscal deficit. And also, very, very important point he made, finance minister's job is not an accountant's job. Yeah. <laughs> you are there to finance development policy. So I am a Keynesian, unashamed Keynesian Something in like practical that. policy. Um, and he mentioned, look at COVID time, 3% all over the world disappeared. So how much deficit you should have will depend upon the macroeconomic situation and your development perspective. So what about the local bodies, uh, you know, funding through local bodies? Is that a practically possible? Yes, yes, very much, very much what he told. Yeah. I didn't want to go to plan B because still I want to stick with plan A. Hoping that there will be a political change, favorable political change. <laughs> Maybe, then we'll go for plan B. So I don't want to start discussion on plan B. But having he raised the plan B, uh, definitely this is precisely one method of approach. The local governments will play a greater role in infrastructure development. Is it possible to do that? We had this EMS housing scheme where the local governments Everyone, not only just municipality, brought from cooperatives, which were paid by from the budget. It's possible to have in the municipal areas um, loans because uh, they are assured of an income. And you know, the first corporation, municipal corporation, to undertake a borrowing in India was in the 60s, what you call municipal mm -hmm. uh, municipality. Uh, that's a record. Eh? But then we forgot about this financing method at all. Uh, but I think that's very important. Yes. All right. On on that note, like, uh, why do you think the centre has intervened when it comes to off-budget borrowings? Is it because it's spiralling out of control in many states? From the stats which I have here of March 2021, the outstanding off-budget liabilities for all the states combined is around 2.5 lakh crore. And out of that, uh, like if you're looking at the 10 main states, uh, the states like Telangana, Andhra, Karnataka, Kerala and Tamil Nadu, 
account for about 83% of these of budget liabilities do you think the center is concerned because of this ratio is that why uh, they included is that can you if you were to justify their rationing like what would it want be? to answer uh-huh. no see i again you know come back to this point that at the i'm not thinking of kerala alone now look at india we say we are the fifth largest economy in the world and soon it is agreed by all the agencies we will be the third largest economy in the world i believe that this self imposed uh, fiscal uh, prudence uh, will hinder uh, the growth across the country and particularly of the states without uh, you know a, a scientific rationale justifying this we all have heard in various malayalam tv debates about kerala being overly <laughs> indebted for lakh crores every child being born in kerala has got so much of debt as if it is you know walking around by bearing this burden on its head but harita let me tell you kerala government we all believe it is broke on december 26 of 2023 10 days before this conversation 1100 crores of state government securities are offered for bidding in the market 4110 crore of bids come in 21 bids 20 year bonds bonds which are maturing in 2044 or something yield is comparable to some other states which have the best indicators like gujarat market what does it indicate where the market is willing to lend so the four market- times what you want to borrow what is it that we are afraid about and my point is you look at there will be two countries ahead of india when we become three number three the us and china both of them have debt to gdp levels much higher than ours my fear is if we carry this too far we will never be able to bridge the gap with china we will never be able to you know um, uh, reach where we aspire to be by 2046 because of the country is a cold because if the country has been developed states have to develop kerala has to develop i'll just take off the point he mentioned last debt of the state and center together i am afraid of recent report which said the total debt of state and center may cross the 100% and there was a big sensation now india government put out a note why only i agree with that why only play at the government please apply that those criteria to kerala also first one is this that uh, japan has 200 plus debt gdp ratio italy 144 uh, then usa uk and some other countries above 100 and india is lower this is the same thing that kerala is telling okay we are relatively high but all northeastern states punjab bengal chhattisgarh and rajasthan is about 40 second india government said this is a new situation covid we have borrowed and now it is going to come down not to go up. same thing kerala went to 39 because we fully borrowed whatever was allowed and then gave to people welfare and so on so now it is coming down so 38 it'll go down to 36 it'll come down third uh, india government said well this uh, is sustainable why is it sustainable the total growth of the economy is one of the highest in the world one of the is the highest in the world 
Therefore, this is much higher than the interest rate you are paying. Therefore, it's sustainable. The same is the argument for Kerala. Is. So, uh, I'm very happy that India government put out such a note. Um, but if I tell you, the question you raise, suppose all states borrow like this and we'll be get our own. All states won't borrow. For the simple reason now, overall, public borrowing of the state government is below 3%. Let me tell you a story, an incident, something I have not reconciled with. India government gave 5% borrowing allowed uh, during the COVID period. Kerala utilized it fully. I have no fear of borrowing, so I borrowed. <laughs> Lot of states didn't borrow. And then, do you know, they borrowed at uh, 7%, 8%, 7% interest. And they didn't spend because the Farbium rule says the borrowed money cannot be spent on current expenditure. Therefore, the state governments in India had 1.5 lakh crores rupees lying idle in their treasuries, which Reserve Bank will mop up and put in India government securities so that the states get 3% into. So you borrow at 7% and give to India government a 3%. This is the absurdity which was going on. Therefore, it is known that every state in one to borrow and spend and so on. There must be some regional autonomy for the development perspective. This is rational, it can be debated, discussed and so on. Kerala has fallen. Some of the statements, overall the states, they comply with it, below 3%. For macroeconomics, it doesn't matter if all states comply or not. For macroeconomic combat, the overall borrowing, mm -hmm. uh, the fiscal deficit of the states, that is important. Not borrowing by each state. So now moving on to the next question. Uh, it's about the asset liability match. The Kifpi model was originally designed in such a way that the assets and liabilities match for the original rupees 50,000 crore. But now it's gone to about rupees 85,000 uh, crore and it's, it's climbing upward. So, is that match uh, possible in the current, you know, scenario? Can we match it? Because after all, the inflow is, you know, limited to the, the same sources which we had earlier, that is the petrol uh, cess and the motor vehicle tax. So, uh, is it possible that we can match up uh, to the liabilities, one? And uh, do we need to, you know, opt for more revenue generating models to ensure that, you know, this matching takes place? So, okay. like, what is your opinion on that? One, so there's a strict limit to the number of projects that KIFPI can take up. Right. Because before any project is accepted by the, approved by the board, it is looked what would be the implications of the new project on the payments, the liabilities in the future. If at any time point the new projects involves that liabilities goes above the asset, it won't be taken at And there is a one trust fidelity board headed by people of impeccable intellect, yeah. Vinod Roy and so on, yeah. Usha Thorat, who oversees this and gives a report to lock, uh, the assembly. Therefore, this is a fundamental position that is never violated. Already about 25% of the projects of KIFB are revenue modern. A part of the plan B, which you are speaking about, if you will have to work hard to see, at least for the perception, it will be 
revenue model projects so that they don't catch you <laughs> on this. Uh, <laughs> there are ways of doing it, but uh, okay. But uh, yeah, see, for example, all this, uh, including KSRTC, guarantees given for taking loan. Everybody is not, knows that they will not pay back. Right. There's no history of paying back. But still, it is not counted as part of uh, government's borrowing because those are supposed to be revenue-generating right. institutions. There is a possibility of... So if we can uh, do a little rework about the projects they are taking. Okay, so uh, to Adhikeshwan also, I have the same question. So do you agree with him on this? Uh, and It's a very and good the... question that you have raised. Yeah. So I have a slightly advanced answer, different right. from... Uh, what uh, Dr. Isaac was trying to tell you. That is um, the proportion of revenue generating projects being funded or the cash flows which are coming to KIFBI are to be higher from non-budgetary sources. Right. If we have to you know, uh, address the issue that has been raised, because to be realistic about it, we can talk about you know, change of government and approach, etc. But in the immediate term, we have to think along those lines. We have to also admit that at the government level in the state, maybe like in other states, there are a lot of uh, you know areas where wasteful expenditure is taking place, or appointments are being done. Uh, Off-quoted example of the PSC, number of PSC members, etc. Maybe Dr. Isaac Mayfield, we are simplifying that. But I believe that that is also a, an important area to address so that our position improves and uh, we move ahead uh, to spend money where money ought to be spent and the economic growth, uh, you know, gathers for the state. Right. So, like, if you're looking at it from a macroeconomic perspective, do you think that such public goods and infrastructure uh, can, you know, exist or be sustainable in the long run without a revenue generative model? Like, if you're uh, looking at the multiplier effect, sometimes then it might be. But otherwise, uh, do you think that it is necessary that it is revenue generative so that it is sustainable? in the long term? Good question. See, yeah. but let me answer you quoting one good example. Right. Where a revenue-generating project funded by banks became an NPA. That is the highway between, national highway between indoor energy. Right. It is one of the most heavily used highways in the country. Between <laughs> the pilgrimage center, indoor is a commercial center. Now, loans given by commercial banks became NPA because the toll collection was not enough. So therefore, there was a commercially uh, viability question yeah. which uh, was uh, not addressed, even despite you know, toll collections being put in place. But if you think of the economic multiplier that is generated by these projects, during Kumbh Mela 2014, it was already in place. Now think of the traffic that was facilitated, yes. the trade that was facilitated, economic activity that was facilitated, still being done. So there is, I think, need to have a consensus, as I said. Certain entities may be commercially self-sustaining. Yeah. Yeah. Really, yeah. what I like most about uh, Adhikeswar is that he doesn't take a narrow banker's view. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no comment on bankers. No. But, you know, not narrow-minded, but <laughs> percentages and... He's also a more larger development. We see very important uh, multiplier impact here. See, you also touched upon it. Personally, I think Kerala is on the brink of a 
regional depression one there is no light at the end of the tunnel for the commercial crops second the remittances have stagnated i don't know if it they are declining the remittances decline you can have a reverse multiplier yeah it can be disastrous therefore my give me budget speech as packaged as uh, an anti recession pack i said at that time that there is a danger of regional recession and you need to step up our investment um i think that has become even more important because after that uh, kerala's average growth has fluctuated many times below the national average on an average long term average kerala is still above but in the recent period fluctuations have been so there is this danger regional danger nation prosperity they won't want to care for the small uh, kerala at the end of the subcontinent we better wake up and we accept the fact we have to push up the investment both private as well as public public only in uh, infrastructure okay whatever existing in public sector that keeps on but uh, for public sector investment it is infrastructure investment and uh, infrastructure investment so that you know we count this uh, uh, forces that are depressing the economy so i have one more query so do you think that you know with the multiplier effect which we have in place in kerala that the consumer sentiments can be boosted with the uh, kifbi the infrastructure push that we are giving what is the extent to which is there any kind of calculation for that uh, there has been no calculation like that yeah but you know let's take one example the calculation can be made only have a input output matrix for kerala right right we don't have an input out we putting have one input out matrix because there was no data on external trade of kerala there was no data available for road movement you could have got for rail movement and so yeah. so this was never attempted if you had such a matrix you could have played out right suppose this huge investment is made in road what percentage will float the second round for other states for uh, uh, cementers that etc what percentage will go to laborers from outside uh, so there there are leakages then what would be the impact so we do not know for certain but look at that kifbi money yes can be used for leveraging big investment so central government is investing 65000 crores of rupees on the nssst percent of 66 yes now what is holding it up land access why land access there is a price at which any resistance would go for this new national river castle go to twandrum it is uh, total is 25000 uh, crores 25000 now this 25000 crores is money that is coming into the hands of about uh, 2000 persons or even 5000 persons all around the road that are they would expenditure would rise they all will build one building just like that's what is happening now you'll find the whole construction lined up just on the edge uh, of the service road but that gets spent here is 
So, Kifpi can be used to leverage a lot of other investment, which will also help. Because Kifpi is quite simple, be sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, part of can be. Or the extension of the metro, it can be. We don't have multiplier analysis. No. But now you can have such an analysis because after GST data, you can have exact inward outward movement of goods. And therefore, Center for Development Studies have started a project on uh, input-output metrics for yeah. Kerala. I think that would be important when yeah. you are uh, for the macroeconomic policies, yeah, right? Yeah. So uh, now moving on to a final question. We have debated about it like during our discussion. What do you think the ideal uh, sustainable debt is? Uh, we are always fixing it at, you know, 3% fiscal deficit and, you know, the debt to GDP ratio at, you know, ideal uh, debt to GDP ratio at 30%. So who fixes that? And do you think uh, this should be modified? I want both of you to answer that. So from a person, uh, you know, policymaker's perspective, I want Dr. Isaac to answer that first and then maybe move on to Adhikesh to wind up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if <laughs> now there's no particular charm over fixing one one hatch fit sold rate for everybody. Right. So Kerala should once should negotiate with Sendam and have a higher fiscal deficit rate for a particular period. What India government should be interested in is the overall deficit for the state should be below this. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, rule number one. Secondly this so-called off-budget. Mm. Now, there are ways to ensure one, off-budget borrowing, it is controlled by the market. Now, if you are having the idea of the market controlling and so on, this not state borrowing, it's an institution, that fiscal institution that is borrowing, and uh, you now there is all the lot of this trouble about uh, masala bond here. I really regret that <laughs> went for Masala board. You know, the reason I agreed to Masala board, see, no state entity had ever taken Masala board, both in the center and state. Therefore, we want to announce the Indian money market. It is a new player <laughs> that can operate with the international money market, uh, London Stock Exchange. And London Stock Exchange uh, identified it as the best um, bond issue of the year in the Asia. So that was to send the message, yeah, we can play the game. After that, I think attitude of all the banks are really changed. Going for international market means a rigorous procedure of uh, inspection, this, that, etc., etc. So there is a market. Allow the market to play. You think if an institution goes and asks for the banks to lend, they will lend. They will do the due scrutiny here. So, and within the government, we set up certain things. KIFB is borrowing is limited to by asset liability matching and the fact there is by law a definite amount of money that has to be given. As long as that money is given, it is perfect. So, we keep KIFB out the fiscal deficit and I would say, let's not take a uniform for the rest. And let's taste body and fix. If standard, you know, I am not arguing how you think states should be allowed to borrow 5.9% like the center. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not the argument. At a few percentage points this way, that way, etc. That kind of freedom should be given in a federal system. 
So again, I yeah. have the same question for you. Now, like if you're looking at the 20, 20, 21 figures, now the debt to GSTP ratio was 39.87%. And if you're adding the off-budget borrowings, then it would be 42.8%. So uh, is this ideal or... Uh, you know, because we know limited macroeconomics and you've been observing, you know, different economies across the world and within India. So is this kind of debt sustainable? So that is my question. Yeah, um, no, yeah. I think they're the same as a student of macroeconomics. Right. I also have not been able to find out a good logic or rationale for this 3% or 30%. Because my uh, counter question as a student would be, why not 32%? Hmm. Why not 28%? Or on the uh, 3%, I'll ask why not 2.5? Why 3%? Hmm. So there are no definite answers which have come from any body to, with whom I have discussed this. But be that as it may, one uh, important point Dr. Isaac made is something which I also support, that the market will determine. There is an entity like IFB which is borrowing. Let it borrow if the market finds that this borrowing is unsustainable. Market will refuse to lend the money to KIFP. Yeah. Why should we set limits on KIFP's borrowing if the market is willing to lend? So there is a market force at play, which will be a limiting factor. But on KIFB, let me also say that KIFB as an idea or an institution should be subject to course corrections. And some, you know, changes we have to make as we move ahead. What we assumed and what we stated in 2016 need not hold good now. So we, I believe that uh, people behind the project will be willing to make those changes and on the basis of a consensus. Third question is, again, you know, coming back to this debt sustainability, I believe for whatever I have understood that as long as your nominal growth rate is higher than the interest that you pay for your borrowings, you are in safe territory, and that is what modern monetary theory advocates. Right. Further, supplemented by the fact that if your borrowing is in your own currency and not in foreign currency, yeah. you are in safe ground. They're not going to be. And remember, at the national level, we have not even resorted to currency printing. Right. It's only deficit financing. We are borrowing from the market. But as a Sovereign, what you call, um, you know, note-issuing uh, country, if you are not indebted to anybody outside, I think your debt management is entirely in your hands. Yes. Inflation is something which you may have to watch out for. But in India, inflation is supply side. Important point, that is the... People don't understand anything. One may realize on the path to Sri Lanka and so. Sri Lanka, you have got uh, external borrowing, that's the thing. Kerala is internal. In fact... The government in India press not tells. Government of India debt external debt is very low, lowest in the world. One of yeah, and therefore this is something higher uh, borrowing etc. Is something we will settle inside the country. Absolutely, absolutely. So is it that uh, the press note should be framed and exhibited all over? <laughs> and Harita, finally, see my actual concern is that by harping on fiscal prudence at the whole country level, third largest economy, we may end up sacrificing the growth potential. That is the final point. Leave aside Kerala. This is my larger point. Okay, I think uh, on that note, we can end today's discussion. Thank you so much, Dr. Raisak and Adikeshwin for joining us. So everyone, please follow on manorama.com for the latest budget updates and pre-budget discussions. Thank you so much for joining us.